Amen. So I, I kind of jumped the gun there when I, when I stepped up here a second ago. I, I was ready to start preaching already. God's, God's word is, a, is amazing. I love it. I love, I love worship. I do. And to, to see the spirit move and watch people's lives be touched, it just it, it amazes me every time. No matter how many times I hear the story of somebody giving their life to God or giving a situation in their life to God, I never get tired of hearing it. Amen. 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 So, it has been a, an extremely tough week for not just myself, uh, a lot of us that, that are here. I've heard multiple people tell me about their week and what they've went through. And uh, I believe this message will, will tie into that of, of walking a path with God. And as a matter of fact, it's, it's titled Walking with Jesus. Um, and there's things in our life when we're walking with Jesus that, that is outside of our control. But the one thing that's in our control is we can continue to follow his way, his path for our life. We don't have to worry about all those things around us. God will take care of those for us. Amen? Amen. Um, I want to read these scriptures to you guys first, and then we're, then we're going to pray over top of this message. I want to I read the story to you in entirety, so that way as I'm speaking about it, um, you kind of have where I'm leading to with it. But uh, as we're going through this, it's a... Uh, it's a story about Jairus. I am probably going to end up saying Jairus a few times because, listen, I've listened to it on YouTube multiple times. I've, I've read it on my Bible app and had it read it to me, and I, I still I confuse the words. So if I say Jairus, I mean Jairus. So, so the, the one that we're going to go through, you can find in Mark 5. It starts in verse 21 and runs down through verse 43. It said, when Jesus had crossed again by boat to the other side, many people gathered to him, and he was beside the sea. One of the rulers of the synagogue named Jairus saw Jesus and came and fell at his feet and earnestly asked him, my little daughter, my little daughter is lying at the point of death. I ask you to come and lay your hands on her so that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him. And many people followed him and passed in on him, pressed in on him. And a certain woman had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had suffered much under many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was not better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the crowd behind him and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch his garments, I shall be healed. And immediately her hemorrhage dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. At once Jesus knew within himself that power had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? His disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing against you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done it. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knew what had happened to her, came and fell before him and told him the entire truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your afflictions. Just as today, those of you that were praying for healing, you are healed. While he was still speaking, some came from the house of the synagogue ruler and said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any farther? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. 
he let no one follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. He came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw the tumult, I believe it's pronounced, and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, why make this uproar and weep? This girl is not dead, but sleeping. They laughed at him and ridiculed. But he had put them all out. He took the father and the mother of the girl and those who were with him and entered the girl, entered where the girl was lying. He took the girl by the hand, said to her, I can't pronounce it, it's in Hebrew, but it, it means, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were greatly astonished. He strictly ordered them to let no one know of it and directed them to give her something to eat. Amen. Father God, we, we just praise you today. We tell you that we love you. We thank you for the, for the healings that have already been done here this morning. We thank you for the past healings. We thank you for the, the healings that you will still bring to us, God. There is not a thing that can come against us that you can't take care of. God, you are in control of us. You are in control of our lives. And, and we will walk out what it is that you want us to walk. God, as this message takes place, I ask that you speak to each one of us. God, allow it to be your spirit that flows today and allow our hearts and minds to receive what it is that you have given us to receive. God, we tell you that we love you. We thank you for the death, burial, and resurrection of your son, Jesus. And we thank you that the Holy Spirit is with us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So I want you guys to think of, as, as we're going through this, your own walk with God, because that's really what we're going to look at. So I've heard this story multiple times, and most of the time people concentrate on the, the, the little girl that was healed or the woman that was healed of the blood issue. And, and we, we take Jairus, and, and we kind of put him in a background. Well, I want to bring him to the forefront of it today, and I want to walk out his path with him, because this is what God has, has, has laid on me, and he, he really showed me my own walk as I was reading through with Jairus of, of what was taking place in his life. So you can find this story in Mark, Matthew, and Luke. I, I plead with you guys that today or sometime through this week that you pick your Bible up or open your phone app and, and go through these stories and see what it is that God is speaking to you. Don't take what we just say here. You have to read this stuff for yourself. I, I can't suggest that enough. I can't plead with you enough. You have to get into your word. You have to read it for yourself. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. So once you see that Jairus, I, I love this. It, it means the, the meaning of his name is whom God enlightens. Yes, he is a, he's a ruler at a synagogue. Um, he's following God's ways of the Old Testament and that. But it means one that God enlightens. And that is really what God does, that Jesus does with him, with him. The day that he falls at his knees in front of him and begs earnestly for him to, to be with him. Begs earnestly for him to help his family, to walk out a path with him. And Jesus begins to show him some things in there. But this whole walk with Jairus, he doesn't directly speak to him except for one time. But yet he speaks so much to him if we're willing to look at the circumstances that God ordained him to be in and the things that were around him. 
So, a little backstory before we get to, to verse 21 where it reads, And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. So, there, there's, Jesus was on this side of the Sea of Galilee. He, craw, he, he, he performed some miracles in that there. He, he crossed over the sea. He went to the other side, and that's where the demonic man that was amongst the tombs that had the legion inside of him of demons, um, and, and God heals, heals him. And then the, the, the town that he's in begs him, like, listen, we don't want you here. We see what you're doing. Go back to the other side where you came from. So Jesus gets back in the boat, crosses back to Sea of Galilee, and, and he's, he's departing from the boat. Also, the, the first time across was what we spoke of the other week of the sea. He calmed the winds and the waves. So brings us up to, to this one here. Again, verse 21, it reads, And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. So he's just stepping off the boat. So this is where Jairus meets him. Verse 22, it says, Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name, and seeing him, fell at his feet. So Jairus is, is, has heard testimony of, of multiple others from healings, um, the I believe that there was much more healings and miracles that took place than what is recorded in these first couple chapters. You know, it's said that if, if all that Jesus did was recorded, we wouldn't be able to contain the books on earth. There, there'd be no physical room for it. He is that great that, that we can't even have the space to take on what, what he did for us. So, but Jairus is hearing this stuff, and, and I would imagine... That, you know, being a ruler of a synagogue, he, he's followed the old traditional laws of bringing in the sacrifices and, and, and trying to, to heal his daughter in the way that they seen it, what afflictions and, and that, and was, was trying to handle it that way. But he says, my ways aren't working. He says, but I hear about this man that's doing these great things. So you know what? I'm going to try this out. And that's how a lot of us end up coming to God. The, the first time that we hit our knees and we're like, God, I, I need you to take this situation. I need you to take control of my life. It's because there is something that is happening inside of our life that we realize is outside of our control and we need some help. Amen. And this is where Jairus is at. So, yes, there is the people that are, that are raised in church and, and, and that, but, but there's a time in your life that you have to come to a place where you drop yourself in front of the Holy Spirit and you say, this is in your hands. And you begin your walk. So, Jesus says to him, well, excuse me, verse 23, Jairus says, And implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her, so that she may be made well and live. He has an issue. He brings it to Jesus. He begs him earnestly. And Jesus easily could have, as he does for others, said, My child, stand up. Your daughter is healed. Go home. But he doesn't. He begins a walk with Jairus as he does with much of us. As, a, as we said, I've went through some, some crazy situations this week, and I, I've trusted in God to take care of them, but there was a process. And, and I will quote our all-famous Seth, trust the process. Okay? And that's exactly what Jairus has to do here, is trust the process. But Ultimately, the answer of God is always what? Yes and amen. Jairus comes to him, bows before him, says, God, this is in your hands. And Jesus tells him what? Yes, I will go with you. I will do what you are asking me to do. I will walk alongside of you, and I will lay my hands on your daughter. He tells him yes. 
the answer that God will always give us. So in that, in that he says implored, and it, it means, I love this, this, it says to call to one side, so he's calling Jesus to his side. But it says, which may be done in a way of exhortation. And when we come to God, this is the thing that we must know. Exhortation. He is above us. He is not the same as us. He, he, we have to get into the heart and mind that I am less than, that he is greater than. So we have to keep that in mind when we fall to the feet of Jesus. Remember, he is greater than you. And there is a reason that you are coming to him. And that is because he is greater than you. Verse 24. And when he went with him, a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. That, that word throng means to press together, press on all sides. So what I, I, I just talked to a gentleman last week and, and also a little bit this morning about when you come to God, when you, when you say yes for the first time, there's something that's going to take place, and, I, and I, I've seen it in my own life, I've seen it in others. The world itself will do everything it can to crowd around Jesus in your life and push you away from him. We, we have to get to a place where we are okay with everything that is around us. And we are going to do everything in our physical power and our mental state to stay right next to Jesus in our walk. I bring myself to Jesus, and now I'm going to walk with him. And I don't care how much you push in. I don't care what you say. I don't care what is going on around me. My concentration is I'm locked arms with Jesus, and I'm going to walk right beside him in my walk. Verse 25. So we... We have a situation of, of the, the world trying to crowd us out, the world trying to, to push us away. The, the, the walk is a struggle sometimes. We have to push through. We have to fight. But in verse 25, it starts to begin to read, And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years, who had suffered much under many physicians, and had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. So this woman, I don't want to concentrate on her too much, but this woman is basically the same as Jairus. She heard the story. She heard the testimonies. She, she may have even seen the physicals that took place, which gave her belief of this can take place for me also. So that's why I beg of you guys, we, we are the army that's standing with Jesus that needs to be out there telling our testimony because it's what's going to bring people to Jesus to have faith, to believe, and receive the same miracle that you and I have received. So it is important to know that, that one of the key factors of this story is the word of the testimony is what defeats the enemy. It is the blood of Jesus and the word of the testimony. We must keep that in mind. So, but put yourself back in Jairus' shoes. He's, he's came to Jesus. He's walking with Jesus. He's, he's on his way to, to his blessing as he sees it. But what happens? Somebody else comes up and, and gets their blessing, which we'll talk about here in a second. This woman received her blessing. Too many times, a lot of people fall away right here. 
We don't want to accept somebody else's blessing because we're so worried about our blessing and getting to it. And what do we do? I'm taking my ball and going home. Because I see somebody else. We, we, I believe that Jesus is trying to teach Jairus here, like, what you're asking for can be done. Can be done. He's showing him another miracle as they're on the way to his miracle. But, but we have an issue of, of Jairus standing here, and, and you don't, Jairus doesn't say anything. He doesn't, he doesn't deter. But I can't help but think that his mom was like, God, Jesus, we don't have time for this. My daughter's dying. Like, I, I, need you to, I need you to move it along. He doesn't get stuck in the moment, though. He doesn't get stuck in, well, the, the, I'm taking my ball and going home things. He doesn't get stuck with, she's getting hers, so I'm not getting mine. I want to remind everybody here that Jesus is not a genie. It's not three wishes and done. It's not one miracle and none other can be done. There is a multitude that has been done, is being done, and will continue to be done. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So, immediately, though, this woman has her mind, for, for she said, if I even touch his garments, I will be made well. It doesn't take much in your life for Jesus to take the miracle and make it happen. You just have to be willing to, to take it. You just have to be willing to come to him. Our faith is what lacks and we think that it has to be this monumental, I have to see the sky open up and, and you know, I had thunder and stuff has to come down and that's the only way I can get my miracle. No. But also there's the factor that this woman, the crowd is still there. She had to, if everybody is trying to push around Jesus, she had to do some work to get to Jesus to touch his garment. Now I'm not telling you guys that there's this whole ritual thing that you have to do and anything like that. You can come to Jesus wherever you're at with just the words of your mouth, the belief in your heart, okay? But you have to have a willingness to put the work in to, to get there. You have to be willing, as I said at the beginning, to pick the Word of God up yourself and read it. We can't just come to church on Sunday. It doesn't work like that. If it does work for you that way, let me know because... I'm doing entirely too much here. So the woman is made well immediately. It says, and immediately the flow of blood dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Again, looking at Jairus' point of view of God, I've been walking to you. We have, we, I've been walking with you. I have no, no clue. It doesn't specify how long they have been walking, how, how far it is from the sea to his home, how far the distance was of this woman coming up. But there was a walk that had to be there. I can't help but think that Jairus' mind at this point in time does the same thing of, well, why didn't I get mine immediately? Well, Jesus, I fell at your feet. Why, why, why didn't you just tell me my daughter is healed? He sees somebody else get their blessing immediately. They didn't have to work as hard. All they had to do was push through the crowd, touch the garment, they was healed. Here's another issue that we have with a, a lot of our culture today. Because we, at this point, again, Jairus has to make a conscious choice to continue to walk with God in faith that his is still coming. He can't see just this woman's blessing and, and how easily it came to her. He has to continue to walk in faith to him. Why? Because it's in God's timing, not in our timing. 
And Jesus, perceiving to himself that the power had gone out of him, immediately turned about to the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? Again, Jairus, is the, the world itself is trying to deter Jairus from his walk right here. There's people around you that will doubt what God is saying in your life. Just like they're doubting, how can you know who touched you? Look at the multitude of people. Jesus already knows who touched him. He knew. But he wanted to see the faith of this woman, which is what we see next. He looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told the whole truth. doesn't say the whole story, the whole truth. When you have a miracle in your life, when you have the healing that you will receive, you must be willing to tell the truth about it. And there's the biggest thing, is he, that she was willing to say it was you, Jesus. It was I who touched you, and it was you who healed me. We have, I did this myself in my life. And I failed horribly, and, and I had to correct myself. The ones around me helped me correct myself. That my story became me, 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 I, I, I. And what took place is I failed miserably. God restored me, absolutely, 100%. But we have a problem that when God begins to operate in our life, we want to take the attention off of him, and we want to look at self. Okay? Without him, I am nothing. And we need to remember that. So as your miracles, your blessings, your healings, your, your situations, as your, your restoration happens, make sure that at the front of your mouth it is Jesus did this for me. And there's no but I, there's Jesus did this for me. Now it says that, that in fear and trembling she came to him. Came in fear and trembling. Again, we talk, we've talked about this multiple times, that this is not the fear. She didn't come to him and, and, and bow before him and say, oh my God, like, you're the one that healed me and I don't want you to spite me dead right now. I don't want you to change this. No, she came knowing that the person she stands before is the God of the universe that had just healed her. And this is the type of fear that we must have in our life, to know what he can do to know what he will do, to know that he is in control of all of it. Tells the whole truth. This woman trusted in the world for so long. She suffered under the hands of many physicians. I am not bashing any type of physician. I am not saying anything bad about our medical system, but there is times in your life that you will try everything of the world and it will suck you dry. It will take every penny you have. It has no mercy. It doesn't worry about the afflictions that are inside of you. Guys, skip that process. Before you go to the doctor, take it to the mighty physician. Before, before you go to the rehab, take it to the mighty physician. Before, before there's struggles in your life and, and you spend every dime that you have, Take it to God and follow his direction in it. Will he use the physicians we have? Absolutely. Will he use the rehabs we have? Absolutely. 
but you can save yourself a lot of struggle if you take it to God before you take it to man. We, we have a, a problem of we, the one thing we want to do. We want to say we're taking it to God, but I want to take it to my 10 best friends first and see what they say. And then the one that sounds the best is the one I want to say, oh, that's from God. But you ain't said one time, God, what can I do about this? Where do you want me to go with this? No, what you're doing is you're seeking that I, 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 me, me, me. What's the best way and easiest way for me? God is not always going to give you the easiest way. God is not always going to, to do as, he's, as he did for this woman and heal you immediately. There's times that you've got to be a gyrus and you've got to take a little bit of a walk and you've got to push through the crowd and you've got to watch other people get their blessings for you to get to yours because he wants to see, are you faithful? Are you willing to walk with me? Are you willing to, to endure the things of the world alongside of me? Because I've got much to teach you in the walk. Now, here's again where Jairus gets himself where the world comes to deter him. And it says in verse 35, While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any farther? I want to pause right there before we, we listen to what Jesus has to say about that situation. Moms and dads, when your child is struggling with addiction, when, when your child is out there hurting and broken to any of you, not just moms and dads, but, but I want to I really say it to moms and dads. Don't listen to the world because the world will tell you that your, your child's a junkie. The world will tell you there's no turning back. The world will tell you that they need a, this specific program. No, what your child needs is Jesus, and I'm living proof of that. They say to him, your daughter is dead. This will be the greatest test of your faith that there ever is when the world is telling you there's no point. Because to the world it may look like that. And this is where, you, like I said, your faith is truly tested. Will you still stand in the belief that you had the day on that beach and you fell before Jesus as you do when the world is telling you that it's dead. Don't worry about it no more. You won't get your blessing if you give up right there. Another thing that you won't do is you won't continue to walk with Jesus. Uh, well, if I prayed for it, and it's over. I can't do it no more. And you will walk away because the world told you not to. Why trouble the teacher any farther? I hate that word trouble. There's, there's never trouble to him. There is no situation too big that he can't handle. There is no trouble in your life that he doesn't want to hear from you. Amen. So this is the spot where Jesus begins. This is the only place that, where Jesus begins to talk to Jairus again. Now, he just showed him about the woman with the bleeding issue, that it's your faith that has made you well. He's walking with him. So what, is, what does Jesus say to him? Jesus, but overhearing what, what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, 
only believe. Now, this is the other type of fear, not the fear of God. This is, this is the fear of, oh, my God, the situation's over. There's, this is so horrible. It can't get any worse kind of thing. Only believe. Again, the world is going to tell you it's over. It's done. It's dead. Don't worry about it no more. Your faith will decrease. Only believe. He's telling him again to have faith when he just displayed faith to him with the lady of the bleeding issue. If you watch in your life, and I, I see it all the time myself, there's things that are put before you right now for the things of tomorrow. And we have, to be, we have to be aware of that because God is trying to teach us every moment of our life. So I want you to see, though, what Jesus does. And this is, this is a hard part for myself, hard accepting it. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. This is where we struggle. God will put people in your life for a season. And there is times that they need to be removed. And I'm here to tell you that if they're not for you, they are against you. And you need to keep trucking forward and leave them where they're standing. Guys and gals that are in the home, do not stand with the people who you thought were before you before you came to God. A lot of people fall that way. They go back. What if Jairus was like, well, well, I know this person needs saved, and I know this person needs saved. I need them to come with us so that they can see the miracle. No, Jesus will handle them in another time, another place, okay? You can't. There's times in your life that the people that are, are seem to be for you, they're walking with God with you. So it's not just bad people in the world. It's church folk also. That there is times in your life that you need to walk with just Jesus. Okay, yes, Jesus has his disciples with him, but there's times that it's going to feel like there's nobody else there. And it's okay. Because you're still with who? With Jesus himself. And as long as you are walking the path that he has for you to get to your blessing, that blessing will come. Are you willing to walk away from the family? Are you willing to walk away from the friends? Are you willing to leave them standing behind you? But also, I believe that for later on, again, Jesus is teaching Jairus throughout this walk. You'll see this again later on in the story as we've already read. So he's already preparing him for what is to come. So they've been on their walk. Again, we have no clue how, how much of a distance it was, but it's taken time to get there. It says, they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. Jairus was already told, the situation is dead. It's gone. So it's even looking more gruesome, more, more that the death is true as they get closer to the blessing. And I, I want you to know that when you first come to God, yes, it's easy to nail, kneel on the beach. The walk itself of pushing through the crowd and, and seeing that it, that it looks like the situation can't happen, it, it becomes more and more intense as you get closer to your blessing. Jesus, or Jairus could have easily, Jairus could have easily said at that point in time, again, 
Well, Jesus, it's, I see it now. It's not going to happen. You can't do this. She's, I mean, they're already crying over her. They've probably already, at that time, they, they lay incense and stuff like that and on the body. And, you know, they had certain rituals. If the family believes that she's already dead, this, this stuff is probably already taking place. Jairus is able to see this with his own eyes. But what did Jesus just tell him a little bit before that? Do not fear just believe, have faith, is what he tells you. So when the situation gets grim for you, when it doesn't look like it can happen, what do you do? And I ask you guys to put yourself in Jairus' shoes as we was walking. I want you to look at your own walk with God. Where have you doubted? Where are you standing right now? What are you believing in today that's future coming, but you're deterred because of the things that the world has told you? You're shunning away from it because of the way the situation looks. I promise you my mom never thought I was going to get off heroin. I wish she could see me today. So to you parents that are praying for your child, don't give up the faith. For you ones that, that have friends out there that are still struggling. For, for the ones that, that are seeing the news and, and all the craziness that's going on and 100 people fights at the fairgrounds and the world looks so devastating. Don't allow the news media to deter you from saying, I know God can still show up in Cumberland, Maryland. I know God can still start a revival on July 23rd when we're standing at the canal place and can do an outpouring of his spirit. So the situation looks grim for Zyrus. And when he entered, he said to them, this verse 39, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. Do you see, see Jairus' walk here? It was easy when he was on the beach. It's getting harder and harder and harder and harder as he's getting closer to the blessing. So many of us walk the other way because it's gotten too tough or it looks too grim. And I, I keep emphasizing that because it happens so much. And it's so easy to fall into the hands of the enemy and say, I can't do this no more. It doesn't look good. Believe me, at least twice a day for the last week, I've almost been there, okay? But as we've seen, Jesus did what with the people before that were in doubt, shame, fear, all of that? Jesus did what with them? left them standing in their doubt, shame, fear, all of that. And he walked with the ones he needed. Jesus does the exact same thing right here. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. I want you to see that. It says, with him. With him. Unless they are with him, I don't want to hear you. You can't tell me nothing about my life unless you're with him. There's not a thing in the world that, that as long as you're locked arms with Jesus, that should matter more in your life than his word. So the people that, that are making fun of him, so how did you, how did you word it? And they laughed at him. There's going to be people in your life that are going to laugh at what you believe. 
there is going to be people that are going to ridicule you. In other versions, it says the word ridicule for what you believe. You can't listen to it. I can't beg you guys enough that the same thing you sit here, believe, speak, the spirit moving, when the world is telling you that's not what it is, don't laugh at them. Just continue to display and walk in the faith and belief that Jesus' word is true. So he puts them all outside, and he went in where the child was. Again, Cyrus' walk here, he's, he's physically seeing his daughter with the, the, the incense or, or however it is. I don't know exactly how their, their barrier ritual was, so that's something I'm going to have to look into. Um, but he's seeing it even closer. Again, he has an opportunity for doubt and fear to grip him. But what does Jesus do? Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Tal- Fred, how do you say that? Talitha Kakuma? Kumi. Gotcha. Learn something new every day. Which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. So I want to take a side note real quick. Um, This is something that stumped me over the the last couple weeks. He got to see a lady that, that he probably knew had this bleeding issue for 12 years. Okay, she was probably using the synagogue that he was at to, to give her sacrifices. And, and he was probably, he heard the reports of the doctors that were in the area of, uh, she's, it's done, it's over, it's been going on for 12 years. So Jesus was already showing her something in life. Your daughter's 12. That's the only thing I've correlated with it so far. I'm sure there's more to it. I'm sure there's a deeper meaning to it. But I want you to see that, that, that God will use things, even the slightest little details of your walk to assure you what you're coming for is going to surpass. But it says, immediately overcome with amazement. So the people that were for you, that made it the whole way through your walk with you, were overcome with amazement. What do you do when you have amazement? You celebrate. And this is something that we need to learn to do more of. Celebrate the healing celebrate the addict set free. Celebrate the prodigal coming home. But when we do, we need to make sure that our story does not become, I walked along with him and I brought him here and I did this. No, it needs to be Jesus, thank you. Thank you with the amazement. Thank you, I'm celebrating you. It is you that has made this happen. So, for... Verse 43, and this just hit me yesterday. I've been studying this for three weeks. And he strictly charged them to that strictly charged them that no one should know this, and told them to give her something to eat. The people who are involved will will know what took place in your life. They the people that were involved will see the miracle, and those are the important ones in the situation. But I love that they added and told them to give her something to eat. When you get a blessing, feed it. Don't, don't walk away from it. Don't, ah, well, I got my blessing. On to the next one. No. Stand in that one with excitement and amazement and feed it and nourish it and let it grow as this little girl that was 12 years old did to watch it become the blessing that it's going to be. Your blessing 
is a blessing that's going to happen for somebody else. This little girl, I, I, I can't find her mentioned anywhere else, but I can't help but think that she went on to do some pretty amazing things. Because I can tell you right now that if I was brought back to life, I'm taking every opportunity. Absolutely. Fred said I was, and I, I am. Feed it. So when, as a matter of fact, that's mind-blowing, Fred. When you're rebirthed, when you're brought back to a new life, don't let it die again. Stand up, feed it, become a mature adult, and continue to carry it on. So I want to encourage you guys today that if your walk was somewhere that you, you came from a, a scared, broken place, and you hit your knees in the sand, that your walk is not over yet. Lock arms with Jesus. Push through the crowd. Don't believe the lies of the world. Don't be deterred by the news and media. And take those people who are not for you and leave them standing back there. Don't move forward with them no more. So, can I get you guys to rise? There's also... The ones that have never hit their knees in front of him and said, God, I'm ready to walk with you. I need a miracle in my life. There's something back home that's dying that I need you to bring back to life. There's something inside of me that I need you to cure. Today's your day. Don't wait no more because we ain't promised tomorrow. Start your walk with God right now. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. If you're one that's standing here today and you've never asked God to walk with you, raise your hand. Today is your day. God wants to walk with you, will walk with you. And he will see you the whole way through to every one of your blessings. If you're somebody here today that has somebody else in your life that you are believing can come back to life, let's pray for them. Let's just enter a heart of worship and believe in our blessings as we walk with God. Father God, we tell you we love you. We are kneeled before you right now telling you we want to walk with you. And God, it does not matter what the world says to us, we will hold tight to you. We will push through the crowds. We will, we will leave the ones behind that are not for us. But God, we want it to be your will inside of our walk. God, it is your blessing that we get to see. It is your blessing that we get to be a part of. And we will continue to praise you. God, give us all the courage today to tell others of the miracles you have performed and are going to perform. And allow us to show your light in this city throughout this week. God, we pray for safety and protection as we walk with you. We just want to keep our eyes focused on you. We tell you that we love you. And we pray in Jesus' name.
Amen.